What's up, guys? My name is Joey Jacob, and you're listening to the Jaco Collective Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Jaco Collective Podcast. My name is Joey Jacob, here with a wonderful friend. Wonderful friend. Uh, but before we get to her, uh, let me let me go ahead and knock out some of this kind of stuff. Uh, if you're a new listener or if you've been listening for a little while, uh, be sure to uh, rate the podcast. Give us a, a rating over there on iTunes or Spotify or, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to it uh, and follow us on um, Instagram um, and like us on Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, be sure to subscribe. That way you'll get some notifications whenever we post because uh, as always, we post episodes every other Monday. Uh, okay, I'm excited about this episode. Um, I am here with Bray Noel. Bray, say hello. Hello. I'm very grateful to be here as well. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Yes. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming. Um, so I do this with everyone who's on the podcast. Um, some people I've known for years. Some people uh, I just I just meet. Um, so I always do this section so that not only I, but people who are also listening can just get to know you a little bit. Perfect. So this is called the get to know you section. Ooh. Okay. Series of random icebreaker questions yes. just to get to know you. Number one, first concert you ever went to. Ooh. Um, it was an old school Christian artist named Carmen. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice. Yep. Okay. Uh, first thing you do in the morning when you wake up. Um, I brush my teeth. <laughs> Solid. There you go. Bam. Brush the teeth. Perfect. That should not have taken me that long to say. <laughs> You're like, wow. You hesitate. I was like, I don't, I, this wasn't the hardest question on no, here. No, <laughs> but it's weird. Like for yeah. whatever reason, I have to have fresh breath immediately. Fair enough. It's a thing. Fair enough. Anyway. Uh, all right. Worst job you've ever had. Ooh, worst job I've ever had was... Oh, are you thinking of a lot of them? Well, I don't, I'm like an optimist. So I okay. have usually, I don't know. I'm like thinking it's hard for me to, th okay. Um, maybe, maybe let me rephrase the question. What is the happiest job that you've been to quit? It's like when you quit, you were like, oh, glad I oh, quit yeah, that one. So grateful for that. <laughs> um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I was, <laughs> I was an event coordinator for, uh, catering company okay. in Los Angeles. Okay. I mean, it wasn't like the worst job, but I was so grateful to be done because it was insanity <laughs> sure. and the stress level. I could imagine that. I was like, wow, I'm never putting myself in these <laughs> scenarios ever so again. So no, no wedding planning, like no wedding planner in your future, no event planner no of any kind. No running the show for other people's <laughs> like things. Like I'm good. Thanks. That's funny. All right. Listen, uh, weird fact that you just happen to know. Oh, um, Type O blood is the most rare, and I have it. Oh, there you go. There you go. I just nice to know. I don't know. Now going back to my nursing days, that is the universal donor. Yes. yes. So if I were to die right now and bleed out, I I'm will glad help you. You were on the podcast. Perfect. There's <laughs> no welcome. one else here to help us, but that's fine. It's fine. Uh, if you could eliminate one food so that nobody else on Earth could eat it, what food would you completely get rid of? Like a food that you just hate so much that you wish no one would eat it. McDonald's. McD oh, McDonald's. 
Ouch. Bastard. My 16-year-old fat kid is... So my 16-year-old fat kid self is... I said a food, not a whole restaurant. I mean... You just eliminated I don't the even entire know, restaurant. I don't even know if it counts as food. Let's just be honest. Fair enough. I can't argue with that one. Okay. Well, that was the get to know you section. Right. Thank you so much for playing along. I feel like I know you infinitely better now. Great. Sorry uh, if I offended anyone. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you guys out there who like McDonald's, swap to Burger King. <laughs> Okay, let's look at, uh, let's do uh, a little bit of backstory about yourself. So tell me about yourself. Tell me where you're from. And if you're not from Nashville, tell me how you got to Nashville. Okay. So I am originally from Seattle, Washington, born and raised. And I grew up there. I went to college there. And after college, I moved to Los Angeles, California. And I was there for about eight years. Uh, Well, for the most part of eight years. And then I was in New York for a year. I was like, went overseas a little bit. I came to Nashville. I ended up in Nashville because I am a musician, but in Los Angeles, I was focusing mostly on modeling and acting, but there were some, um, there were some other music opportunities and connections out here that I really felt drawn to. And as I explored and went back and forth, my heart fell in love with Nashville and the people here. And I felt like it was the right next step. And so basically I just kind of like, knew it was right and sure. I just did it. So and Nashville so Nashville was not your first creative stop. Nashville was not even in my brain okay. really. So Nashville was relatively recent recent for you as far as like on a scale of your whole life. Absolutely. So how long have you been here? I've Nashville? been in Nashville now for just over a year and a half. Okay. Gotcha. So I'm I'm relatively fresh but I feel like I've been here for a while I, sure. I it just has that f- like home feeling yeah. like I'm like oh yeah I know Nashville now yeah I mean sorry all the Nashvilleian natives like <laughs> you're probably like you are crazy <laughs> you do not know yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I feel at home <laughs> fair enough fair enough well yeah. I think I think it's a place I think it's a place too where it's it's relatively easy to just kind of acclimate to rather yes. than maybe some other places that you've lived and potentially done some <laughs> done some creative work. I talked to so many people, it's so funny. No offense, no offense to anyone in the next 5 minutes of this segment. <laughs> but I talked to a lot of people who do a lot of work in both LA and Nashville. Mm. And I always ask, what's the comparison like? They usually typically do. typically it starts with ooh. <laughs> or, do you want to uh, know? <laughs> well, Nashville's a little nicer, and like they try to be yeah. so nice about it, but basically it's kind of it's just a whole different world. So I have a feeling that someone who's fresh and brand new would have a much easier time acclimating to Nashville than potentially somewhere else. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. In fact, actually, so where I'm from originally, and even the family I grew up in, we were always very very close knit and in a very relationally oriented environment. And I think that's why when I came to Nashville, it was like this breath of fresh air that I was like, Oh my goodness, this is my heart and soul where, you know, I've been in all these other places that are great for opportunity and like, um, career passion, like lots of other great things, but there was something about the soul and the heart when that I just immediately connected with. Well, one, because I think everyone has a longing to connect in that way. And two, because that's where I came from originally. Like that's kind of like my core, just in a different part of the country. Yeah. 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 But so you were, so how long were you, you said Seattle. So you were born in Seattle. How long were you in Seattle before? And then take, take me through where you went next. Yes. Okay. So, so a little backstory. I, my, I grew up in a family of musicians, but also my dad was a pastor. Okay. And so my, I grew up doing music. That was always my passion. I was doing it with my sister, with my mom, doing on my own. So when I went, I went to college 
Um, I went to Seattle Pacific University. Okay. And I was in all the music there. And then my sister and I had a band. My sister's older, though, so three years older than I am. Okay. And I was still in college when she graduated. So she actually moved to Los Angeles to get to know the music scene there because we just knew we wanted to do music together. So I just always knew that's what we were going to do, believed that was the plan. And so in my brain, I just assumed after college we would, you know, that's what we would do. Yeah. So uh, ultimately what brought me then out of Seattle was pursuing a music career, a pop R&B music career with my sister in Los Angeles. Gotcha. Um, and so that being said, that was the focus. I, I, I did a lot of things in college. I did acting. I was in like pageants and different random things. and But I just knew music was my heart. So sure. um, ultimately at the end of the day, that's what got me to Los Angeles and then that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so speaking of whole yeah. other story. So, so just take me through, uh, cause I know you do, you, you know, you mentioned the very beginning, you do some different things. Um, yeah. so, uh, and I feel like that's kind of like the story of, of a lot of people's lives, especially nowadays, um, yeah. especially like in the creative world, even if you are focused in like, let's just say music, right. you're doing different things in music. You're right. songwriting for other people. You're performing, you're doing sync stuff. You've got, you've got all these different kind of lanes of, 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 things that you do. Right. Um, so take me through what that focus shift maybe looked like yeah. from, cause you know, what we've, we've spoke before. So, mm-hmm. so take me through you going to LA focusing okay. on the music part. Right. And then what was that kind of shift in your head from, Oh, okay. Maybe there's something else now. Well, what did that look like? Oh, life is so funny. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we're like, we know the plan. And oh, then yeah. They're yeah. Really? Never. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's really fascinating. The focus was definitely music with my sister. That was the only focus in my brain at the time. Um, that's actually when I did my um, catering or uh, event coordinating okay. job. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And it was very high end. So I was so ready to leave it because I wanted to focus on what I love to do. Sure. Not, not just what I could do, sure. but what I love to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could have done the corporate route, but that yeah. was not for me. Sure. Uh, so as we were pursuing that, there was also a lot of, we had, we were very envisioned. We had a lot of passion, but we didn't know the industry. Sure. And so we found ourselves in some really rough scenarios and it was really discouraging. Uh, really bad management situations, label possibilities that were just ended up being bad at the end of the day. So it was just really disheartening. So without knowing what we were stepping into, we were kind of naive. And we had some great possibilities, but it just, at the end of the day, after a few years, it just kind of wrecked us. Sure. And that's when I was like, oh my goodness, I need a break from this. This was my entire life, vision, passion, like everything. I gave everything to it, savings, just like this is what we're doing. And when it just kind of crumbled in front of us, it, 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 it was harmful to our relationship at the time as well. And as sisters and as, as musicians and wanting to do a lot together at the end of the day, we cared more about our sisterhood and we just decided to kind of just go separate ways for the time and just see where that took. That was when, which in, in retrospect, it's so crazy to look back and see how, when devastation like that happens, it was like a death of what I thought was the dream at the time. Sure. Uh, it actually opened my eyes to other possibilities. And that's when I was actually approached. I had been, 
approached in different scenarios about acting or modeling, but I'd never really stepped into it because my comfort and my, my greatest passion was music. And I was sure. like, no, this is what I'm doing. I just didn't think there were that I could do all of it, I sure. guess. Yep. Um, I think we're in a cool time now as creatives in this time of history, really, where there's so much opportunity before yep. us. We have so much, we can make a lot of things happen in without having to depend on some big machine to sure. make it happen. Yep. And that wasn't always the case. And I think during this time, it was kind of in that transition time where it was like, you have to depend on big machines yep. or big names yep. to make your dream happen to, you can actually live your dream figure out how to do it. Sure. And that's when my mind shifted was then. Cause I was like, okay, I know there's more. I just need to figure it out. Yeah. 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 And it was, I mean, definitely not easily. Definitely sucky. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, but, I mean, I think that says a lot too. Cause I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times creatives who are very passionate about a single thing mm-hmm. get really focused on that one thing. Right. And it's like, yes, that, that is your passion. That may be like kind of what you're going for, but at some point you may have to do a subtle shift and, and right. think, man, what else, what else is there to this? Like what else could I potentially add on to this to make the whole kind of pie work and right. still be in, in the area that you want to do and the things that you want to do. But I think sometimes we fail to make that shift right. because we're so focused on one thing. And was like, no, that's, that's all I can do. That's all I want to do. That's like, that's, that's, that's the only thing that's out there for me. It's like, okay, well that could be a, a, that could be a thing for you. But have you ever thought about some of the other things? So the fact that you were able to kind of face that and then kind of look at, okay, let me, let me shift and and look around and see if, see what other opportunities there are for me. Um, I think, I think a lot of people could, uh, could benefit from having a similar kind of thought shift, um, in, in that way. Right. It's, it's really fascinating when that shift, when I, in retrospect, when that shift yeah. happened, cause I do remember the intentionality behind it just because I was like, there has to be an option C or an sure. option D or like a multiple, like, yeah. and we grow, we also have a lot of boxes that are easy to attach to. Like yeah. this is a way or this is a way. Yeah based on how we grew up, based on the voices that have spoken into our lives, whatever, like it's this or that, or, you know, there's just one option. But honestly, there's like, I remember when I was forced to think, how do I, you know, how many options can I even come up with? Yeah. And it was like, oh my goodness, I'm like, never want to be put in a box ever again. Yeah. I never want to think in a box. Boxes are like, should never exist. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I mean, it was really hard to even come out of my boxed thinking because sure. I was there. I was like, yeah, it's yeah. this or this. Like, yeah. I just didn't really know. So in that season of my life, sorry, I just keep hitting oh, you're fine. My, <laughs> in that particular season of my life, I just, I really had to go with my, my heart and be, be like, you know, I'm not supposed to just give up or go back to some old, like plan B. Sure. It was like, what, what else is there that I'm missing? And uh, so I did have some opportunities uh, in modeling and acting that kind of came forth and people around me that had, had always seen me do different things. I was on stage and I had done a lot of different kinds of creative things, um, performing. And, and so I just decided, you know, I'm just going to like check this out. I I thought it would be just like a means to an end or something like that. And so I wasn't like super pumped, but I was just like, I'm just going to take a step. Yeah. Um, and that's actually when I started modeling in Los Angeles, it became my bread and butter. Yeah. And I had no idea. I think I was kind of afraid of it because I think there's a lot of connotations around that field. And for me, I also am very much, a 
I always wanted to have a voice. I yeah. wanted to communicate, either spe- sing, of course, but yeah. speak and like speak into people and and not just be a face or sure. be some something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I this stepping into modeling helped me identify that this could be a really a great platform, a great opportunity and, and something I actually enjoyed Yeah, and it's okay. Yeah. And it's different than I anticipated, but, um, it, it started becoming my main thing in Los Angeles, which was, which was great. Um, I then also started spokes modeling. So that's when I was in New York and sure. I could spokes model for different companies and doing different things. And, um, so it really opened up doors and travel and different kinds of opportunities for yeah. me that I would never have expected. Sure. Um, and I, in the meantime, I actually put music aside because gotcha. it, I was so, I was kind of broken by sure. it. I yeah, needed yeah. to like heal and find myself. And like, yeah. I just didn't know where I felt with that anymore, even though it was always like this fire in me. Yeah. So, um, but it was, it was like something had to die in me in order for me to find these other things sure. that I was meant to do. Yeah. Um, so, and in the meantime, I, um, I discovered the, the, platform of YouTube as well. And that was unexpected. I had no idea about YouTube. And, and as I just got familiar with it, I was like, Oh, this is something kind of fun. I think I want to do this. Like I can be consistent with this. And, um, and it gave me another avenue in which I can, uh, communicate. And for me, it's all about like, how, how can I communicate? What's in my heart to communicate? And I think it's tools, it's tools like that too, going back to what you said about, especially nowadays when, and it seems so obvious to right. like people who are, you know, to like really young millennials now, like right. 18, because all they knew is, is social media and technology. It's like, right. well, of course you can just put videos online and right. everybody, everybody will see it. But 10, 10, 15 years ago, that wasn't that like, what well, that wasn't a thing. Like, especially Definitely in the not. music business, it's right. like, if you didn't have label that had major label money that had major mm-hmm. label marketing, you were never going to get heard. You were never going to mm-hmm. get seen. And nowadays it's, it's just not like that. Like you have people who, who make entire records in their bedrooms and then they use the platform of Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube to be right. able to kind of push that out there. Um, so for it's it's funny to to talk to someone who's kind of on the who was on the kind of the edge of that mm. to where it was like oh I, I discovered that and realized this is a whole another avenue where once again we can kind of take it upon ourselves to to do that part ourselves and not have to rely on someone else to get us in front of people right. with whatever our content may be. Um, not necessarily music stuff, but whatever right. our content may be. Now you have a platform to be able to do that on. Um, so I think it's cool to kind of develop that. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. I was actually just having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day. And I remember years ago telling my mom once, I was like, yeah, I just want someone to be able to tell me what to do and then I'll do it. Yeah. And she was like, Bray, you don't, you don't want that. I was like, really? Why? And then after being burnt, like feeling like I like almost lost myself, I realized I, the, the, the strength in being able to do not just have someone tell you what to do, but learn it and figure it out and do it yourself. Yep. It's like so empowering and it's very, it's far more valuable than I could have ever imagined. Cause, sure. Cause that's why people get sucked into like so many bad situations or yeah. deals or like controlled by a big l- labels even, or yeah. big, any, anyone with, with money or whatever there. I mean, that can happen at any moment, but, sure. but when you realize that like, this is, this is something we can, we can 
navigate ourselves, it's yep. very empowering and it shows that you can actually have a voice. You don't have to just do what someone yep, tells you to do. Sure. Tell me, tell me what it was like, uh, on like a kind of a practical level when you were like, okay, I'm going to put music aside and you're going to quit event coordinating. Um, mm-hmm. so you didn't lose your soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what did it look like for you to, like you say you, you started to kind of, uh, poke around, like kind of in modeling, kind of play with that. What did that actually look like? Like for someone who I'm assuming had no previous modeling experience, no ex- no no previous modeling resume mm-hmm. that you could do. How does someone go from okay, I'm gonna quit this, I'm gonna put music aside, I'm gonna quit event coordinating, and I'm gonna chase after a couple of other things? What does that What does that actually look like? Do you email people? Do you take meetings with people? How, how does oh, that work? I mean, I'm not a model, so no. I, w- I wouldn't know. I mean, you, you would never guess by I mean, watching the videos. I, but I've never <laughs> I've never dabbled in the hey, model. You, never you know, know what I mean? <laughs> You know, it's so funny you ask this because I, I look back, I knew, I didn't know what I was doing, sure. to be honest. So that's also fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did do not we, know do, what I was doing. Us, I mean, do I mean we, do yeah, no, I'm doing. like, man, I just was kind of like, just, ju- I would just take leaps. Sure. That, that was just, that's just the story of my life. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm going to do this, go. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I didn't think about this. Yeah, like, what yeah. am I doing? Um, but I think so this is, but I will tell you this. Um, I feel like there was a lot of grace over my life and sure. I think, I think that's just life in general. Yeah. Like it's God is so good to us. Like if we don't know what we're doing, it, it all works out eventually. Sure. But for me, um, in this particular scenario, I had had a, just a little bit of experience in Seattle. Okay. Um, and I had no, I knew a number of people that were in different avenues of entertainment. One gal, she was an, a model actress and she was a friend of my sister and mine. And, okay. and she is, she was one that I just like dialogued with. And I was sure. like, so what are some things like, so finding someone that I was like, okay, I, I respect you as a person yeah. and I value your heart and soul and you know, trust you. Yeah. Trust is huge. Oh my goodness. Um, I, what I did is I just went into an agency. I got an eight and I just, they accepted me and I was gotcha. like, cool. Okay. okay. I, I don't know. Like that, I was just grateful that happened sure. that I just went in and they thought I would be a good fit for them. Sure. And you know, there are other times I've gone into situations like that. It's taken longer, but for whatever reason in this scenario, I was, I was accepted right away, which was really helpful. Yeah, that's great. And oddly, this is also weird. I ended up booking the second commercial I ever auditioned for. And it was a Sony commercial. It was like a big commercial. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is easy. Like, great. Yeah. But <laughs> I didn't book another commercial for like, I don't know. Yeah. Like six months. And it was a tiny commercial after like, it was like funny. So I had these little things happen that encouraged me. And then I was like, wait, whoa, this is, and eventually got really, it was hard. Yeah. yeah, But at first it was like, cool. At least my steps were affirmed. Yeah. And that's, that's just my story. Like I felt like I just, I, I felt like a fish out of water. I didn't really know, but I, I knew like one or two people that knew some things and I asked them steps and then I just put myself out there. Literally it was one, like thousand percent putting myself out there. I just took risks. Like I'm going to meet with this agency. I'm going to do these photo shoots with, you know, I meet photographers that, you know, and with recommendations and just see if they want to collaborate. And that was really scary for me because one, I just didn't, I didn't know what that really meant, but it took me doing it to learn how to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And I I don't know if it's me, just my personality. I'm kind of a hands-on person. So in order for me to learn, I just have to like 
start doing it and then yeah. I learn it rather than learning it and then doing it. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I, which is scary and risky because I'm going to like look like an idiot sometimes. Sure. Yeah, like yeah. I, oh my goodness. It's so funny looking back to even some of those shoots that I did and I, and I didn't know how to do it well, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I actually laugh at myself and I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't know how I, I walked through some of those things because I just probably looked like an idiot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's something, and I think that's something that nowadays we're so some of us are like so scared of. Yeah. Because like you, you even said it, it's like it's you know it's 100 just just trying it and just yeah. putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. So for like even people who I mean there could be people you know listening who are like man I really want to start a blog but mm-hmm. like I have to make sure that my writing is like so good before I do it. Oh my Like word. you'll never start it. Never. Or like, never. or even people who are like releasing music. It's like, yeah. oh, I have to make sure that like my music is where I want it before I release it. It's like, you'll never, you'll never release it. No. So I think there's like such a balance in like, mm-hmm. okay, you, you, you want to like have some type of foundation, like to kind of, to kind of start on, like, have some type of direction. But eventually when you figure out the direction, it's just kind of like, you got to start walking and then yes. figure it out as you go. Uh, and I think we're so scared nowadays to, mm-hmm. to do that. And we're so scared nowadays to, to start things because, well, what if, well, what if we fail? It's like, you're going to end oh, up in I the know. same spot as you are right now, yeah. not having ever done it. Um, so I I think that, I think that's something to, I think that's something, there's something to that. There's something to literally just take some meetings, do the thing, put yourself out there and just kind of see, see where it goes from there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's good. I'm telling you from the person I grew up, I was the most fearful child you would ever have known. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I look back and I, I just remember when I had this epiphany that if I actually stayed afraid, I wouldn't do anything. Sure. And I just, in my life changed yeah. because I just decided to do it afraid. Yeah. Like everything, if I like faced it and I was afraid, I was like, okay, that means I just have to do it. Yeah. But I was like the most fearful child. Yeah. Now, I, f- I feel like anytime I don't ask this, uh, I feel like anytime I don't ask this, people, people get upset. Uh, but what's, di- are you an Enneagram person? I'm such an Enneagram person. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's your, what's your Enneagram? I feel like anytime I, anytime I go to break, cause sometimes nowadays, like when you bring it up, it's like, oh, like, they're, oh, they're Enneagram people. But then if I don't, then even my wife would be like, what was their Enneagram type? Yes. It's like, what was their Enneagram and how did it factor into like how they actually made this creative art into like a business? Like, I, I like we need oh, to know yeah. that. So what, what what's so your, what's your Enneagram type. Um, okay. Well, first of all, I'm all the personality test person. Okay, like I yeah. do all the things, <laughs> everything, you know, I've done everyone. Yes. Um, so I am a, like a split tie okay. between a three, okay. which is the achiever yep. and a seven, which is the adventurer. Okay. Which, so you like to try a bunch of different things and do well at all of them. Yes. Basically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's good. Exactly. That's so exactly. But my biggest fear was like, I want to do all these things, but then what if I'm horrible at them? Sure. And so that used to hold me back. Yeah. And then it, when I decided, screw that, like, yeah. I'm going to do all the things and I'm going to, I'm just going to figure a way to do it. Yeah. And yeah. then life got exciting. Yeah. And no, that, that, that's a question. Like going back to, uh, going back to before you were. Going back to before you were um, like out of college and things like that, at what point, because you said music was always, was always something that you, that you wanted to do. Yes. But at what point did, um, cause, cause what'd you go to, you go, you went to school for, uh, what'd you go to school for? I started as a music major Okay. and I was on scholarship for all music. I did all the music. Okay. I just wanted to study more than just music. So I changed gotcha. my major and I was okay. a, I was a communications major. Okay. Gotcha. But when you first, so when you started, you, you realized you wanted to do that, but at what point in your childhood because I feel like we all have this thing in us, like when we're kids, of like something that we're passionate about yeah. that we want to do. 
But when you're six, seven years old and you're singing in the living room, yeah. you don't really see clearly that this could be a career. You just know, I want to be a singer when I grow up. So like mm-hmm. at what point, like maybe in your early teens or late teens, did you realize that, oh, this could be more than a hobby. Like this could actually yeah. be a career. Like not only that you want it to be a career, right. but that it could be a career. What did that kind of realization look like for you? Well, I might be an odd one. Sure. Because in my brain, it was the only career I was ever going to do. Okay. I never considered anything else. Gotcha. From the time I was like four, like just when I was younger, I, yeah, yeah. in my brain, there was never anything else but singing, performing who on is, stage. Who was that person that you looked at? It's like, I want to be that person. Was it Taylor Swift? Was it, was it Beyonce? I don't okay. know. Who, who was it? Who was that gonna person? You're going to think this is, this is a funny combination. <laughs> this is a really funny combination. Okay. My first inspiration of all time was Kathy Lee Gifford. Okay. Talk show host. Okay. Personality. Okay. As a person and TV personality combined with, I mean, really it was Destiny's Child. Okay. I know there's three of them, but sure, all of them. put them all together put them all in together. one, <laughs> that'd be me. <laughs> Hence the seven. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Gotcha. I, that's such a weird combo, but that's it. Yeah. I was like, cool. That's, that's, that's it. That's yeah. happening. And then you just went from there. I just went from yeah. there. Yeah. I think, I think it's, but, it, but it's so good like to, to recognize that, you know, cause yeah. I think there's, cause I think there's a time where, um, I mean, especially for myself and I'm a little bit more, so for you Enneagram people, I'm an eight, so I'm a little okay. bit more logical, a little bit less em- emotion driven. So for <laughs> we me, need you. <laughs> so for me, it was more of like, like as I was growing up, I was never super creative. Mm. I just knew I enjoyed music gotcha. and like I enjoyed creative things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was never super creative as a child like I was never the five-year-old who is who is in his bedroom like doodling these creative things or like oh, painting yeah. or like writing music or anything like that I didn't get into music till I was 12 I started playing drums because that was an opportunity to like play drums in church That's and cool. then I got bored playing drums by myself like listening to music and I was like mm-hmm. I want to do something that I can like actually like play like by myself mm-hmm. so I started like playing piano and the guitar and awesome. never did I think oh this could be like something that I do like in I the creative do. world at all right and so I mean I went to school for nursing and then uh, I decided nursing wasn't wanted something I wanted to do now I'm 19 years old, still not thinking that anything creative is what mm-hmm. what I'll end up doing. So I think sometimes that that people people grow up with these like hobbies, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. oh, well, that's just a hobby. And some people don't realize what they could do to really make it a career. Right. Even people who do have like amazing singing abilities or amazing, uh, maybe not even singers, but songwriters, especially yeah. songwriters, Ooh, yeah. because they don't realize like as I think now, I think nowadays it's changed a little bit. People realize mm-hmm. what careers could be, but I think maybe sometimes when you're growing up, it's like, well, this can't be like a career. Like right. what do people like, do people just sit around and write songs for a living? Right. Yeah, they do. Right. And yeah. so I think sometimes there's that realization of like, yeah. oh, this is a hobby. But how could I actually take steps to like make this into a career? Yeah. You know I mean? Well, and actually to to answer another component of that question, the career question, yeah. I, for me, music was always a no brainer, but I didn't know the other things that are a part of my career sure. could be or would be sure. my career. Yeah, yeah. That's I fair. never anticipated. I always enjoyed certain things, even modeling. Like when I was a kid, I enjoyed doing things and fashion shows and whatever, but I never anticipated that being, that's been the most foundational part of my career. Yeah. And it's not my 
I wouldn't say it's my greatest passion, but it's been one of the most significant aspects of my career. Sure. So I like, that's an example, but I didn't mean for it to be. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But then even, okay, you mentioned songwriting. So I, yeah, I was always a singer performer, but I never, I wasn't confident in my songwriting. I always felt like I needed to write with someone else or someone else could carry that weight. It actually wasn't until just a few years ago that I, I had some people just really encourage and challenge me in that. And it's become a really, really significant piece for me, for me. And just even in, in the music industry of just songwriting. And I, so there's a lot of components that I didn't anticipate becoming really crucial parts to my career as a whole. Yeah. And, but you know, I'm also the type, I'm a seven, three. So I like a lot of different things. Um, some people do just want one thing. Like some people are just music is their life. That's their thing. Or just acting is their life. That's their thing or whatever it is, which I think is amazing. And I'm the type of person that I just have my hands in a a few creative endeavors and they all fuel each other, thankfully, which is great. It's taken me time to figure out how that works. But anyway, but that being said, I didn't understand how all that could be together. I'm still figuring out, oh my goodness, every single day I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't think about this being a... Another well, that, piece. well that, that goes to, you know, that goes back to what you're saying about the, the just doing it part. I mean, yes. I think so much of, so much of this type of work and this creative work and it's, I'm, and I'm talking to people who are professional photographers, videographers, mm-hmm. songwriters, uh, professional, you know, audio engineers, like right. whatever you do that is in the creative space. Mm-hmm. So much of doing things in the creative world is seriously learning on the job. Um, because it's not, because you're never going to have things completely figured out. Right. And that's why I think people, a lot of people get paralyzed in the, uh, well, I've got to have it all figured out before I try to start. Right. It's like, you're never like, you're never going to have it all figured out. So if you wait till that point to start, like you might as well just, you might as well just get a nine to five and just kind of, kind of, kind of do your thing. Cause it's never, it's never going to happen for you if you don't kind of, kind of start that. So that, that, that's good. I think that's where the creative muscle is, is stretch too. Yeah. Cause when you're learning as you go, you're constantly cr- creating, Oh yeah. Figuring it out. Well, you have to, I think, I mean, it comes in like problem solving and right. everything, especially when you're doing stuff on your own and it's like, right. man, got to figure this part out. Well, I've hmm, never done is, that before. This is a new problem. <laughs> yeah. I, this is a new problem that I've never <laughs> right. faced before. What's a new solution that I'm going to have to come up with? Cause totally. I don't know how to do this. So what does this look like? And that could be, that, that could be as practical as how do I make this YouTube video and upload it to YouTube? I don't never have done that. Totally. For people who have done that before, it's like, oh, it's the easiest thing in the world. Right. For people who never have, it's they like, don't even know where to start. Right. It's like, Absolutely. well, how do I like, do I take a selfie? Like, what do I, what do I, yeah. how do I do this? <laughs> like, it's literally like, it's, it's as basic as that. Yeah, and so you really do so just kind of have to start and just kind of let those things happen Absolutely. to kind of end up. And it's amazing how you kind of, like you said, having plans is, mm-hmm. uh, is is Funny. good is good to it's <laughs> no, good to start yeah but yes, it's yes. but if but but if you're gonna stay really steadfast to those plans i think that's where you start running into to some issues Locks. like you, you've got to be able to be a little bit um uh adaptable right. and uh you know able to kind of go with it go with it go and with end flow. up end up modeling when maybe modeling wasn't on your radar right you know something right. like that so i think that's that's super helpful to know for people like that 
Totally. Um, so take me through um, in our in our final in our kind of kind of final few minutes here. I want to ask two more questions. Okay. Uh, one could potentially be kind of long, um, but I'll, I'll, I'm curious on how um, just kind of in a short overview because you've been doing this for a while and you've been in Nashville for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So what brought you from LA to the Nashville area? I know you said that you had kind of visited and kind of kind of you know it just kind of you were just kind of drawn to it that way. Yeah. But tell me tell me how your life has translated from LA to Nashville. Ooh, it's very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's kind of cool. I love how God orchestrates because there are so many components to life that fuel different things and you just have no idea. Yeah. So when I was in LA, right before kind of the shift started, I was feeling a little bit dead inside for one. I was just, I felt like my soul was kind of not as alive in LA. Sure. So I knew, I just felt like there was a shift that eventually needed to happen. I was also in a relationship at the time and we both kind of felt the same thing. Yeah. And, and that was when I felt, I think more free to explore options. Cause it was like, I have a buddy. I have someone, someone, sure. yeah. I have someone that I care about and we can kind of like, just look into these options together because yeah. I had done a lot on my own. And the idea of, of even just changing locations by myself would have probably been a little bit more overwhelming at the time. Cause I had lived in New York and I came back and I'd lived. So I had done a lot of my own and the idea would have probably been too much if I wasn't in a relationship that was also curious about sure. the same thing. Yeah. So, um, so it's kind of cool because I'm not in that relationship anymore, but it was a very pivotal time for me and just like opening me up to other places and yeah. that could have opportunity that I didn't know would have been an option for me because we, we both had some connections out here, people we knew. So we would just kind of come out and visit it and explore it together. Yeah. And we both fell in love with the place and the people and for different reasons. So that, then there was just this kind of draw to like explore a new place that we both felt alive in. Yeah. Um, and then eventually we went our separate ways, but, and that was even before the, I moved here. Sure. Um, but it took kind of fig, figuring that piece out together yeah. for me to realize, you know what? I actually do want that for me. Yeah. I want that for me. And, and so then I, um, I kind of went through a few months where I just didn't know anything for certain. Yeah. And during those months, I was actually, this is such a weird story, but I was in Denver. I stayed, sure. I took some months in Denver Yeah. and, um, I was, I had a family friends that I just lived with there. It was just a refreshing place. I yeah. think, I think sometimes it's easy, especially as a creative or a hustler or someone that's like, there's always more to do. There's always yeah. more to figure out and learn and create blah, 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 blah. Um, it's so crucial to take time to stop. Sure. And, oh, I could like tear up thinking about it yeah. because sometimes I, you know, I look back and I never, there are many times that I was f- almost forced to stop yeah, like heartbreak or, or family changes or certain things that like force you to stop. Sure. And it seems maybe like a, a block yeah. initially or something that's, that's, um, a problem or, uh, maybe a little mountain or rough patch, yeah. but in retrospect, it's actually a gift. It's like, it's like a space to just, I don't know, uh, reflect, sure. heal, face things that maybe if we just kept going like a bulldozer, we would never have yeah. been forced to do. And, um, 
and that season when I was in Denver was actually one of those times where I was like, I just, you know, I had been through some heartache. I had been through some, um, even just like, you know, personal, like, where am I? Who am I sure. going? Who am I going? Yeah. Who am I? Where yeah, am yeah, I going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, do I want, like what, just asking the yeah. questions and like really getting to the core of like what was in my heart or what I felt led to and what God was saying. And, and sometimes it just takes that intentional extra space. Sure. I did not anticipate taking, I literally took about six months yeah. in this place. And it was like this, um, it was kind of like this, this, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think? Uh, well, essentially I just felt like I was in a, in a healing space. Sure. Yeah. I was just in my own little bubble that was needed for me to have clarity, to understand who I was, where I came from and where I was going yeah. and to remember remember the truth behind it all sure and to focus again and it was in that space that I did know I need to be in Nashville yeah it's just one of those knowings like sure and and honestly like I have so many crazy stories where I would pray and I needed just some confirmation about the direction I was going and it like couldn't be more clear in my brain yeah like throw it in your face. Yeah, yeah. This is obviously the next step. And and sometimes you just need that. And sure. I think God honors that. He honors yeah. when we were just like, God, I freaking need to know from you yeah. very clearly. Yeah. And, you know, because I've done things. I've, you know, take le- leapt from one thing to the next and sure. jumped and risked. And, you know, which is cool and fine. But sometimes you're like, okay, I've, I just need something a little bit solid right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's okay. And yeah. I don't think we always have to do that. And sometimes we're pushed to take leaps of faith. And then there are times when we're like really pressed to stop and listen and ask God to show us in a particular way that sure. makes it certain in our hearts. Yeah. And so that's what happened for me. Yeah. That's, it's a very clear story for Bray. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And what brought me from that kind of space of healing to Nashville. Yeah. And, um, and I made the move. I made the move. It was actually New Year's Eve, 2017. Wow. What a way to bring in the, the new year. Right. It was kind <laughs> of like a big deal. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I th- and I think honestly, like just, just listening, listening to that, I think it's, I think it's interesting to see when, when decisions are made out of a place like that, mm-hmm. I think those are the decisions that bring the most peace. Like, totally. I mean, you moved across essentially across the country, yes. um, and to a place that, to a place that you, you know, you do know a couple people, but you probably moved here without some of the modeling connections, without some of the mm-hmm. acting connections, without some of the music connections that you had created in LA. And so for you to be able to, to number one, take that time. And then number two, be able to see a decision so clearly out of that time mm. and then act on that decision. I, I can't speak. I, I'm from Nashville. I've never, I've never, I've never done that. But mm-hmm. I could imagine that, it, especially just kind of hearing you talk about it, that there's there's so much peace in those types of decisions, right. rather than rather than making making those big life decisions like that off of like, oh, I think this is this is right, and then just like kind of kind of going. Yeah. Um, because I think when it comes to when it comes to like smaller endeavors, like you know, take a leap take the risk when it comes to like major life stuff that you should probably like, you probably should stop 
and just kind of kind of focus in and kind of listen um, and kind of see where where it goes. I think the action steps that come out of those mm-hmm. those times, mm-hmm. uh, I think, are sometimes the the most peaceful and the ones that you feel most certain about. Um, you know, mm-hmm. in our world of of feeling uncertain about things, um, right. it's probably the most certain you could have felt about something after taking a few months to just kind of slow down and and really think about it and really kind of reflect and see where where that ends up. Um, so it's cool for you to have been able to do that and kind of be able to go through that. Yeah, yeah. you know, and again, like the planning thing, like I could not have really orchestrated any sure. of it. It's just fascinating. It's fascinating when I th- sit back and think about the circumstances in life that positioned me in a certain place yeah. to then hear differently sure. and see differently and... Yeah, it is really fascinating. But yeah, ultimately peace, it's just fascinating when there's when there's true peace, even if it doesn't even make sense necessarily. Yeah. Like I didn't you're right. It's like I felt a certain way, but I didn't have all these things lined up. I mean, I had a couple things sure. lined up, but at the end of the day, I just had to know in my heart that this is just right for me. Yeah. And then I would understand when looking back. My yeah. dad always says this. He goes, "Um, life doesn't make sense." How does he say it? I'm going to mess this up. <laughs> now, Life listen, doesn't make sense. think about this because I may quote this. This may be okay, one of the okay. most quotable moments. <laughs> life doesn't make. Okay. Life. Life doesn't make sense until you look at it backwards, but you have to live it forwards. Mm. Mm. We'll go with that. That's okay. pretty good. Yeah, let's <laughs> hope that works. Even if that wasn't it, that's pretty good. That's solid. I think it's actually a quote of someone else too, by the way. So I, but my dad always said it to okay. me. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to Google it so I don't <laughs> yeah, get Google. copyright problems. Right. Google it. My dad is full of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> some from him and some from other wise people he's learned from. <laughs> I feel like I feel like when I have a kid, my kid's gonna say, you know, my dad's full of wisdom. Some from him, mostly from Google. <laughs> That is good. I feel like that's I feel true. like that's what all millennial kids of millennials nowadays are. What's is what's gonna say? Yeah, my dad googled a ton of wise quotes. Right. That's actually you know, hey, wherever yeah. it comes from. There, there you go. Uh, okay, so I want to end. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for mm. for taking your time to do this. I want to end on on one thing. I always try to make sure we we get this in with whoever's whoever's here. Uh, for anyone who is um, doing anything in the creative field, uh, what like I said, whether that's you know photography, videography, blogging, modeling, acting, whatever that is, music in the, in the creative field. What is something, let's say they're working a, a nine to five job right now, they're waiting tables, they're doing whatever they're doing, and they want to take that first step and doing creativity full time. Mm-hmm. What is just like one kind of practical tip that you would, you would give someone who's in that position right now? Write down what's in your heart to do. Sure. Because once you write it down, you, you, you know it's there. Yeah. And write down five steps that you can take today and do it. Yeah. That's it. That's good. That's good. That may be the most practical thing I've ever heard someone say on this podcast. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think there is something to, I think there is something to, and, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to shout out to, to, uh, to my wonderful wife. Um, cause my wonderful wife for you, Enneagram people, uh, is a four. And oh. so, uh, she has, Unique. 
She's very unique. She has a ton of ideas, but sometimes have a, has a hard time uh, like figuring out like steps to like take to do it. But she has a three wing. So she mm-hmm. wants to do really well in those things. Mm-hmm. But because the four is kind of dominant, the execution side of her brain is kind of like, I just, I want to do this, but I'm not really sure how to do it. So literally she, we have in our, we have in our kitchen sitting on a counter, uh, a small little whiteboard of all of her goals that she wants to get done by the end of September. And there's just check boxes and she knows her personality type enough to know if she writes that down, mm. she will check it off right. because if not, it'll annoy the crap out of right. her. And so she was, so right now there's literally a whiteboard with September goals Amazing. and she's got different things that she's doing with like some blogging stuff and like, um, some, uh, boutique clothing stuff that's coming up that she's releasing and all that kind of stuff. And so she's literally got, uh, check boxes and a list of things that she wants to get done by the end of the month. Um, and she just knows herself well enough to know if I write it down and put it in front of me, I'm going to get it done or else it's really going to, it's really going to bother me. Right. And so there's something to kind of just writing down, mm-hmm. thinking about through some steps. And then if you just write it down and then just do it, that's, that's at least a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. That's good. But listen, thanks so much for taking time. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. As always, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, go uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. All that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll be uh, releasing episodes, as always, every other Monday. So appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you again next time. Bye.